0: Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. This is episode number 487 for Wednesday, the 18th of January, 2017. So nice to see you. My name is Robbie Ferguson, and I'm joined tonight by Sasha Dermatis. Hello. And Henry Bailey-Brown is joining us once again this week. Nice to see you. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. And this week, we've got quite the show for you. It's going to be a a bit of a talk show extravaganza this week. We're going to be talking about phishing scams. And we're going to learn about how malicious users are using some really, really interesting and evolving techniques in order to trick even tech-savvy users into providing confidential information. You want to stick around. We're going to be looking at one of the latest that has been attacking Gmail users. Don't miss it. Okay, over in the newsroom, Sasha Dermatis, what have you got coming up?
1: All right, here's what's coming up in the Category 5.TV newsroom. BT is adding anti-junk call filters to their phone service. An autonomous transit bus is being tested in Las Vegas. Dell's latest laptop is $100 cheaper if you buy it with Ubuntu. Yahoo wants to change its name. And Google has revealed how they secure their cloud infrastructure. And it includes some clever custom-built silicon. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show.
2: This is Category 5 Technology
1: TV.
0: Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. Tonight, I've got Sasha Dermatis on my right, your left, and Henry Bailey Brown on my left, your right. Nice to see you, everybody, and I hope you're having a great week so far. Uh, We're going to get right into a great show. First of all, big news this week at Category 5 TV. Something has come up that um, we've been hoping for Mm -hmm. for as long as we've been doing this. Think Geek has come on board as a, uh, a partner of Category 5 Technology TV. Yes! I there love their people. store. <laughs> That's so exciting. We, we shop there. We love their stuff. So um, this is an opportunity for you to get some really great geek gear. Uh, it's basically an online store that focuses entirely on things that are of interest to those of us that are a little bit geek-minded. Um, so you want to check it out, actually you can go through our link at cat5.tv slash Or go to our website, category5.tv, and you'll find under Support Us, our partners, and ThinkGeek is now on that list. Yes. So thank you to everyone who's been supporting us by purchasing through our partners. Um, Anytime you go shopping on Amazon, eBay, ThinkGeek, uh, Gearbest, Banggood, all these stores support us. So as you shop by going through our links, a percentage of the sales actually go to support Category 5 TV. And we're a bunch of volunteers here, and we pay the rent, and we do everything that we do for free. Mm -hmm. And so That's one way that you can help pitch in, and uh, we appreciate that. Yeah,
1: Super painless, easy way. You get to shop. You get to look at things you know you're going to love. You get to shop for others or yourself, and we get a little bit
0: back. Helps pay the bills. Yep.
1: Kind of lovely. There you go.
0: Another way that folks are supporting us is through our Patreon. Uh, you right. can go to patreon.com slash category 5 to find out what that's all about. Uh, with that, it's really neat because you can just give a certain amount, uh, which you set, uh, per episode. So when we give uh, four episodes a month or five episodes a month on a five-week uh, month, then uh, it's calculated by you in advance. So And then that gives us a, a way of helping to afford everything that we do. And in addition to that, there are those of you who go to our tip jar, which you'll find on our website, category5.tv, and I thank you as well for supporting us in that way and uh, just simply putting an amount on your credit card. And some people actually do a monthly donation that way as well, which, awesome. uh, which we greatly appreciate. That just lets us know that wow. there's an you know, X amount of dollars coming in. Oh, yeah. Um, so when the rent check is due, uh, it's nice Thanks. to know that that's there. So yeah. thank you, folks.
1: No bouncing rent, rent checks here. No, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs>
0: no. Uh, a reminder, this is just a little bit of housekeeping off the bat in the show. Our address has changed. So if you want to send us some fan mail, if you want to send us anything at all, um, make sure you go to our website. And at the bottom of the website in the footer or on the Contact Us page, you're going to see our address, which is new. And this is as of January of this year. So uh, 2017, if you're watching this uh, in 2047. Um, So our address is uh, at the bottom of our website or on Contact Us. And that's how you want to get us. If you sent us anything that comes back to you, my apologies. And I hope that you will resend that. Uh, We like receiving postcards and and, you know from your hometown and Mm -hmm. wherever you're visiting things like that we we love it
1: love it we don't even just like it we'll dedicate a whole hour to the show and we We really postcode
0: oh look (laughs) we got a postcard (laughs) let's talk about that
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> discuss at length
0: this postcard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Okay, today uh, was a big day for for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, ESET awarded me and uh, the company that I work for Canadian Partner of the Year. And ESET is a company that I really love. Um, certainly, <laughs> uh, from a security standpoint, we're big on security here. And if you if you have Windows computers. In particular, you need to check out ESAT's product lines um, to secure those computers. But uh, pretty big deal. Canada's a pretty big place. This is the last time I checked the map, mm. and uh, so. we're number one in Canada. So that's kind of cool. Uh, my pal Mike McLaughlin accepted the award on my behalf because he's down in uh, San Diego
1: you couldn't be in San Diego I right? couldn't be
0: I mean we're, oh. we're here tonight broadcasting That's live from Barrie Ontario Canada that, dedicated. that
1: is how dedicated Dedication. Robbie is to yeah. this show it yeah. was San Diego or <laughs> Barrie
0: I know and so poor Mike having to oh. accept the award on my behalf had to shave part of his head and uh and dress like this I mean poor guy poor guy I don't think he actually did that
1: no? No? You wear a bald no. cap? I should have requested it. Yeah.
0: Uh, so they're at the North American Partner Conference. Uh, you're actually going to get to meet Mike uh, on an upcoming show. He's going to be here on behalf of ESAT to talk about their security products. Ooh. But we... We don't just talk about the products. I like to talk about... We like to learn about you know, why they're necessary and mm-hmm. what people are doing to try to uh, circumvent the protection that we have on our systems. Uh, I mentioned Windows because Windows is the main platform that you absolutely got to protect, but uh, they also provide protection for Mac, Linux as well. Um, so if you've got Linux systems, it's a great way to protect your friends and family. And we are starting to see on Mac and Linux some rootkits and things like that that mm-hmm. oh, can, yeah. can get in there. But phishing scams are another big one. And we're talking about those too. Tonight. Uh, phishing scams trick users, and eSET's protection will prevent uh, users from accidentally providing information to fake websites.
1: That's incredible, especially for people like me who might just like, do, 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 do,
0: books, okay. oopsies, and they do trick you. Oh, We're well. going to look at it. It's not y- people like well. you,
3: it's it's happening to people that are in the tech field. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, it's like your boss emails. He was like, oh, I got to check this out. It's like three seconds later. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs>
2: just
3: saying. Uh, ESET tweeted to us today says it's
0: well earned congratulations to you and the whole Category 5 casting crew thank you ESET uh, of course um, Category 5 kind of falls into it because I'm a reseller for ESET mm-hmm. uh, through the company that I work for so and we obviously talk about it on Category 5 as well so it, it kind of supplements it but indirectly in a way uh, so that's really cool. Also got a uh, tweet from Chris Olofsson here uh, who says, uh, wow, congrats for being a leader of security and support for the Linux community. Thank you very much, Chris, as
2: Ooh. well.
0: And thanks to everybody for your kind words today as we kind of monitored the uh, the progress of the seminar from here. Mm-hmm. And uh, they started sending pictures around 11 oh. o'clock in the morning and everything like that. So just to ru- just rub some salt in the wounds. You know, ah, you won, but you're not here in
1: California. It's interesting. Agamotto in the <laughs> chat room is saying right now, hmm, another new set? But no, it's not another new set. We're actually like listening to what you're, what you're suggesting. Yeah, we're kind you're of listening. tweaking things. We're, we're tweaking
0: yeah. things. You want uh, Maybe we've had a couple of comments about the studio space. We actually, Agamotto, we put a, a poll on last week's episode. If you go about 19 mm-hmm. and a half minutes into the show on YouTube, you'll see the little poll icon there and you can vote.
1: Which is awesome. And people have been voting.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, what do we got? Uh, I, I've got some uh, kind of suggestions that viewers have given us right. in the mm. poll.
1: Right. So, in our poll, it's yeah. the The following options are there if we should be using a green screen. Mm. Well, I'll tell you, a hundred percent of the viewers who voted want us to use a green screen.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
0: tricking. nutty. That 100%. is great. Wow. Um, That's of the voting populace. That's
1: right, so vote. Get your
0: vote in. Have your voice heard. (laughs) Green screen poses all kinds of... weird issues i guess and we used the green screen um we do have a green screen set over here and we can actually see it from where we're standing mm-hmm. we and, used it for me yeah for the newsroom yeah would it
1: be weird with three people like is it try does it try and key people's skin tone or what happens well i couldn't
3: wear a shirt like me like you i couldn't, couldn't wear green true. you would be a yeah. yeah. floating head <laughs> a floating head with just blue stripes
0: yeah yeah um there's there's that like you couldn't wear green but um the, the strange thing about chroma key is everything has to be set previously. Okay. So, for example, sometimes I walk a little bit forward here, which is fine on a regular camera, but on green screen, it will actually look like I am just simply getting bigger in the shot. It gives this, like, when I reach forward, my hand just becomes massive. It doesn't have that oh, depth right. perception. right.
1: That used to happen to me.
0: Yeah, I think we've, we've dealt yeah. with that a couple of times. Wow. Um, but because we've got to pre-set up all the shots, yeah. it can be very complicated, and it can be really tough to get a really good key. If we were, uh, if we were very static, which we have been in the past, if we mm-hmm. were just sitting at the desk and, and never moving, then it, it's a lot easier, and that's why we were able to do the newsroom. But that's something that we're trying to get away from, mm-hmm. at least internally here, and we yeah. welcome your feedback, but... I want to have the opportunity to be able to take this desk space and set up a Raspberry Pi right here, and have a nice close-up shot and give mm-hmm. you give you that view. With the green screen, we'd have trouble with that, as well as reviewing product that has green in the packaging or yeah. in the product itself.
3: At the same time, though, are they talking about like a certain segment? So, like, are they talking about they want Sasha in outer space for the news, and then mm-hmm. she could come back from outer space? I feel like I come yeah. back
1: from outer space from to do outer the news. Space. We could
0: technically take that approach where we could still use the green screen studio. It's not out of commission or anything. It's just then halfway through the show, if we wanted to move to a different set, we'd have to move the cameras, right? Mm-hmm. Or purchase a whole bunch of cameras, which would be nutty. So the, there are disadvantages to green screen. Also, chroma key, it can be finicky and it can be. Um, difficult in a live situation like our show right sometimes it doesn't quite work the way that you want it to mm-hmm. um, plus there are things like n- needing multiple cameras on one set mm-hmm. which is very difficult with chroma key to get the angles just right so it's not that it's impossible we'd like to know more about what you know if, if you're voting for that um, send us an email let us know your your specific thoughts.
1: Um. Like, the why behind it. Because if it's just mm-hmm. a matter of, like, behind us looks a little bit too bland, maybe it's a matter of moving the logo up. And I feel like... Somebody Actually, somebody just, said,
3: just mentioned
0: that yeah. up here. Yeah. So... And, you know, that and that was originally because this was a seated set yeah. here. Yeah and so that's we that's don't in the wrong sit spot anymore in. we yeah. just open up in the
2: world
1: <laughs> yeah. and
0: that's one of staff. the options that you can vote for anyways but uh, oh. yeah chroma key to me has a fair number of disadvantages versus what we can do mm-hmm. without chroma key only mm-hmm. b- I love being able to put ourselves in space and doing that kind of stuff but it can cause all kinds of other issues um, so we can explore that if the votes come in and say that's what we want we demand it we are your patrons then we'll do it yeah absolutely and, you know, we'll, give, we'll yeah. give you that for sure. There you go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we'll make it happen.
0: Yeah. Let's do um, it, guys.
1: What else? I mean, other than that in the poll, it'll be like the table, the table where we should have it set.
0: Things yeah, like that. Yeah, people wanted you know? to so, turn around the table, so that's all part of the cool. voting process. Yeah, go yeah. ahead and do
1: that. Yeah. Vote that. You
0: can vote for it. Episode number 476 on youtube so you can go to our website category5.tv go to episode 476 and it's open it up on youtube or watch it there watch it
1: through two or skip two <laughs> minutes <laughs> 19,
0: 19
1: and a half yeah. 19 yeah. minutes and 30 seconds is when the poll happens
0: and you can actually click on the video to, right. to vote mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of cool it does not work on mobile however i believe I'm not sure if youtube cards work on mobile Maybe they, they I
3: think cards do. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just annotations, annotations don't, don't work. Yeah, okay, so, so it should
0: be good. Give it a try on mobile and see how it works. Yeah. Um, you had quite the week last week. You had you brought in your your cute little Raspberry Pi project. Yeah, you know, I brought now, I brought in which my, is my little is now baby blown
3: up. Well, no, no, the LED blew up. So oh, okay. once again. Don't connect an LED to the right current. That's to not 120 gonna, volts. That, no, it's not. A, I, it was a three. I think it was only 3.5 volts. 3.5, and it exploded? Well, it didn't yes. explode. It, oh,
2: it, it didn't blow oh. up. See, but, when you like, say it, it blew up, up I'm picturing
0: it literally like See, I,
2: I'm you're a sitting a there in steampunk goggles and and <laughs> that, it just blows up. I should up in get a pair of those you really
0: just should. for
3: like when I'm soldering. and stuff? When I solder, yes. I wear steampunk goggles. That's a good idea.
1: You only get one set of eyes, my friend.
3: Yeah, but you can get multiple sets of awesome goggles.
0: Yeah. That's the thing. Because, Sasha, you can just wear normal safety glasses, but you might as well steampunk it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yes. You search for steampunk on our website, you'll see <laughs> Sasha and I dressed up in steampunk, and those are the actual goggles that I use when I'm when I'm <gasps> My gosh! My kids it? love it. They come in and they think it's the most hilarious thing. A, yeah. But it works. So the awesome inventor dad. That's amazing. Yeah, it looks that, that way. Um, but you had your pie here, and yeah. somebody tweeted about it. Yeah. That, so um, that actually,
3: you know, this we is got, a we deal, actually yeah. got the uh, creators of it correct. Raspberry yeah. Pi themselves. They actually retweeted that episode. They like tweeted they, it. They, th- actually they actually sought it. out the episode,
0: tweeted it to over 300. I, what was it? I think 320,000 followers. Yeah.
3: That's a lot of followers.
0: This was your first show. So that's. that's well, you're welcome, guys. Big, you're welcome.
3: No. You're awesome. No. <laughs> but yeah, Raspberry Pi, if you go yeah. to their
0: Twitter account, there's actually a, a link to the video on Vimeo.
3: Yeah, no, that's, that's exciting that because, was again, cool. like. Um, Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> yeah,
0: thanks for bringing your pie and, and doing a good job enough to that uh, that they uh, that they took notice. Yes, Agamotto, you can tweet a video. It's technology. So you just tweet yeah. the link
1: for the video and then they click it. You, Is that what happens? Well, you
3: tweet a link yeah. and it yeah. converts it to a preview. Yeah, you can actually then go then you on YouTube. There's like a little embedded button. You can say tweet me, or you can oh, just yeah. copy and paste. Yeah, copy the and paste page. the okay. link in their case, They use Vimeo.
1: I haven't gotten Twitter yet.
0: Did we never set you that up with that.
1: Well, I think you tried. You tried? Yeah.
0: you never used it? No, Uh-oh. I'm like
1: um, like an 85-year-old in a 35-year-old's body. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand this tweeting stuff.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> so. oh, boy. All right. So that's all our housekeeping, I think. Folks, it is so nice to have you here, and I appreciate you coming and joining us on a Wednesday night. Um, Sash and I were talking before the show how much we look forward to being here and spending time with you on Category 5 Tech TV. And uh, I know Henry being a new kind of part of the on- on-air crew on the tech
3: show. Well, I was going to go to Category 4, but you guys are a little it's bit It's so much slower. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? It's like, fine for voice, but...
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, at least with Category 5, you can stream HD video.
3: Yeah, I know. So I'm, I'm here. You can't get rid of me. Thanks again
0: <laughs> for having me, guys. We need to change it to Cat uh. 5e or Cat 6. Really Im- improve the quality around here. Yeah. Hey now. Hey now. Yeah. All right. So no. <laughs> let's get right into it.
2: Um,
1: yeah. Talk about the phishing scams. We
0: kind of alluded to it mm-hmm. when we were talking about ESET off the top of the show.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Phishing scams are a really big deal. And what are they? I mean, let's talk a little bit about what a phishing scam is because you've heard the term and you think, oh, I'll never fall for. Yeah. It's an email that you click on a link and give them your private information.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's not that
3: simple. They're very, very tricky.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're super believable
3: they really are and they're getting more believable every day too with technology right and
0: means I want to show you one tonight that WordFence brought to our attention that is incredible with how convincing it is and it's in fact been convincing a lot of uh, tech minded people to Mm -hmm. click the link and enter their private information do you know from experience we'll talk about that oh But first, Category 5 Tech TV has already talked a lot about phishing on our show. If you go to our website, category5.tv, do a quick search up at the top for phishing. And phishing is spelt with a P-H, like the kids say, because it's hip.
2: (laughs) So do that.
0: Give it a go. P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G. Fishing, and uh, one episode in particular that we um, that we looked at phishing scams with <laughs> was uh, episode two ninety one, where I and Krista actually mm-hmm. pretended we were hackers, and we Whoa. we lit the room in green light, and we and we showed you our viewers how simple, how easy it can be for one of these malicious users to create a very convincing phishing scam. And so we demonstrated that with the intention of showing you how easy it is for someone to do that so that you wouldn't fall for it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that you would see that, hey, this could look really, really real. Well, unfortunately, the episode got taken the wrong way by some of our sponsors. And, oh, you know, so no. we lost advertisers. Oh, and, really? And, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And gosh. we had angry letters from viewers who said, I can't believe you're teaching people how to hack.
3: I no. think there's always going to be people like that, though. It's right. true. It was it's a true.
1: preemptive, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. this is how easy it is to do it. So, this is
0: exactly be careful
1: because anybody yeah. could do it.
0: That was our goal, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't Oopsie. quite go down that way, but check Trans- out the loss episode. In translation. It's episode 291 you on like, category five. We
1: blacked it out, all of our episodes. <laughs> it's
0: on always... our website. Yeah. <laughs> you can still watch it there, uh, but we cannot monetize it because all advertising was pulled. How interesting is that? Uh, Okay, so that's to say, go onto our website, learn more about phishing, and you'll see kind of the evolution of phishing attacks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Adam Kujawa Mm -hmm. from Malwarebytes is a wonderful guy to talk to, Mm -hmm. and he's been on the show a number of times to talk about phishing scams and malware, Um, so you want to look up some of his episodes on our show as well. Um, So getting into tonight's feature, we want to talk about a particular phishing scam that was discovered, or at least exposed to the general public by mm-hmm. uh, by Wordfence, and you've heard of Wordfence on the show uh, in the past. Wordfence is a security suite, uh, firewall, uh, anti everything that is bad for mm-hmm. WordPress. And this time, they kind of stepped outside of the mold of being a WordPress security plugin and said, "We really need to let people know about this particular issue because mm-hmm. this is big, even though it doesn't involve WordPress." Okay. So these are some really talented, really experienced um, security gurus that are putting this thing together. And um, in the post, which you can actually go to cat5.tv slash WF fish. And the WF stands for word fence and fish obviously stands for mm. fishing. So... What's interesting about the, this particular form of uh, attack or uh, phishing scam is that it is more convincing than I have even ever seen. Mm-hmm. And right. what they've discovered or what they've exposed is a phishing attack that really appears to be entirely legitimate. The well. links look real.
1: Yeah, nothing's dodgy about Anything on the actual page Nothing itself. at all. Yeah. So,
3: wow. So, it actually says, like, Google or something in the mm-hmm. actual bar then, eh? I'm going to bring up my Gmail account because I received
0: this particular um, scam from um, Bell Canada. So, you actually got it. So I received one from Bell well, Canada. It's, now
1: It's not Bell Canada. No. That's the That's thing. No, really it's not think. Bell Canada.
0: <laughs> but I want to show you how absolutely real this looks. So, I'm going to bring up this... This bill, um, and it looks like uh, Google has still not stripped anything from the email. Let's jump over to my laptop screen here, and you can see that here is oh, there's a refund ready for me, of $112.53, and it looks well wow. 100% legitimate. Okay, it's like money. Yeah, and so most people are going to click on the view bill. Does your
1: bill like wait? Scroll up again. Yeah. That link. Yeah. Our Ferguson. Yeah yeah, so my, that email, yeah, yeah. That's my. That's email.
0: Yeah. Um, so, but the thing is, is that, yeah, everything looks legit. It completely appears to be from Bell. And, in fact, when you mouse over any of the links other than the view bill, it says my dot, mybell.bell.ca, and it will actually take you to the Bell website. Wow. Now, this has become defunct since it was sent to me. And so now when I hover over the, uh, the view bill link, I guess Google has now added some form of protection to, to protect its users, but the fact is, is that this came into something that wasn't a Gmail account. I forwarded it. And mm-hmm. on that application, it did no such thing, and this was completely um, masked. So here's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one looked like it was from Bell, which is, uh, if you're not familiar with them, they're a, a telecommunications company uh, here in Canada, yep. and um, they basically you know, ha- have the largest market share, I'm sure, still of phone lines. Oh, and, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. internet service. <laughs> they used to provide our internet here at the studio. They completely did us over and so to me when I and then I switched to Rogers and um, that email at first caught my attention because oh Bell's making good on the fact that they messed us over at the right. studio, right? So, so they I, almost, got I almost believed it. Oh my gosh. Right. But then I realized that no, Bell because never Because you feel like they're to makes be good. giving
1: you $112.53. Uh, <laughs> no, they nice. should be giving a lot more yeah. than that. They
0: yeah. Yeah. Be us <laughs> yeah, let money. me tell let's go over the back billing here, Bell. Oh my gosh. Um, it's true. But so it, I almost fell for it because they're playing into a couple of things here. One, mm-hmm. most people in Canada use Bell in right. some form oh, or another. Yeah. So okay, we know that you're probably a customer. And even if only 50% of you are, we've got Still, 50% of exactly. you at that. Yeah. Okay, so already it seems authentic. Then they are offering a refund mm-hmm. or a amount of money to go back to me. Yeah. So immediately the the selfishness of being a human is that, oh, I want that.
1: Uh, yeah, Someone's giving me something.
0: I want that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some, some may just click on it without even thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then there's those of us who realize that Bell probably owes me money anyways. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah, That's it's a true obviously <laughs> legitimate.
0: Yeah, um, and that's, that's the thing. So they're playing into all these things. But the difference with this particular scam is the very link that takes you to the phishing scam mm-hmm. right. looks entirely authentic in your browser. Oy. So for, for years we've been saying, look at the address bar of your browser. Mm-hmm. Check out the address bar. Make sure that it is paypal.com. Make sure that it is gmail.com or mybell.bell.ca. Make sure that that's the address that shows in your address bar.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, fact is, um, here's the thing. It does. Here's the address bar from uh, a gmail Uh, phishing scam using this particular technique and as you see Mm -hmm. it says https colon slash slash accounts.google.com slash service login question mark service mail and goes on and on and, Mm -hmm. and so on so well
1: to the untrained eye like my eye that doesn't look wrong is yeah, it outright, like- because
0: I'm, I'm conditioned to, hey, got to look at the address bar. Yeah, yep, yeah. this is Google. It says yeah. HTTPS, so it's secure accounts.google.com. Now, a couple of quick things that I notice about that particular screenshot is that, first of all, it says HTTPS, and I, this is a screenshot within my browser. Mm-hmm. I know it kind of makes it look like I've got two address bars. But <laughs> there you can see it. Uh, so it looks like it's HTTPS, but you notice that there's no lock symbol mm-hmm. um, here. Mm-hmm. and that yeah. it's not showing um, in green because mm-hmm. most of the browsers are going to show you uh, color-coded. Let's actually right. go to Google and, and see what it looks like. If I go back to my Gmail account, what does it actually look like? Mm-hmm. It, says, it simply says secure.
3: Okay, so it is verified, then you know that it's...
0: Yeah, so the real account, mm-hmm. let's bring back up that bell uh, thing, and if you look back at that screen, look at the actual Google. It says secure, and it has a, a secure icon to show that it's locked. Uh, that it's secure, it's encrypted, okay? So, this particular one doesn't have that. Mm -hmm. So, that's a little bit of a red flag. So, what are they doing? How's it working? Now, if it was just the address bar, you'd say, okay, well, that's not a big deal. But the fact is, because you might might detect that this is fake anyways, right? Mm -hmm. The fact is, is that this is what the page looks like. Here's a screenshot.
3: Okay, so it's oh, yeah. asking you to log
0: in.
1: So it looks uh, looks fine.
0: That's Gmail. Yeah. It looks like Gmail. looks so just like Gmail. It says Gmail in the address bar, mm-hmm. google.com. It mm-hmm. says uh, one account, all of Google. It looks exactly the same. Yep. How easy is it to spoof Google because they're <laughs> purposefully minimalist? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it looks completely de- legitimate. But what's actually happening here is really, really interesting and, and actually quite frightening from an end-user standpoint. So those two things are why we might fall for this one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It has it in the address bar. We may not have seen that it's not secure because it, it looks secure. It says HTTPS. Yeah. And it in the site itself, the, the login form is what we're all familiar with. It looks complete, completely legitimate. Mm-hmm. So you've got that, uh, that address up in your address bar. There are two things to notice here, and I'm just bringing up screenshots from the blog posted at WordFence, go to wordfence.com slash blog for their blog, learn more about them, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the various resources that, uh, that we recommend, uh, but also if you want to get this actual article, cat5.tv slash wf dash fish. Um, so the first thing that I notice in reality here with this, uh, with this link is, okay, https colon slash slash starts after this comma. And the comma ha- uh, just before that says data colon text slash HTML. Not used to seeing that in my browser. No. Not at all. What is that? Mm-hmm. Now, if you've been doing any kind of web coding, you realize that data colon, that's, that's specifying a protocol. So I'm, I'm not HTTPS colon. I am data colon. Mm-hmm. And then I'm able to inject any amount of HTML because it's data colon text slash html Mm -hmm. into anything that follows that particular protocol
3: it's almost like making a little notepad and just saying i want it to look like this and just typing whatever you want in that bar sure is so
1: so how far after going into something like this is it too late
0: Generally, okay. So immediately,
1: right? Like if you log in, as soon as you
0: click the link, it tells them that you clicked the link, and it authentic and it gives them your email address, which they already have, but they now know "Ah, this person almost fell for it. Let's monitor things. Let's do Mm -hmm. more. Yeah, that's a little bit of a checkbox on your account. Right. Um, So that's the first. But as far as your actual identity, your security goes, um, it's not until you actually log in that you've lost. Everything. Everything. Yeah.
1: Everything.
0: So we know to see that data (laughs) colon uh, text slash HTML at the beginning of the URL means that they are injecting something. There is going to be some code, but it doesn't look like code. It looks like the website that I'm going to, which is Gmail. So if I jump back to our screenshots, and um, they've been so good to to generate some great screenshots here, I want to show you what this actually looks like. So we've got... The URL in the address bar looks perfectly legit. But then there's a whole bunch of white space after that URL, which you don't see on your screen because it gets cut off by the side of your screen. And if you continue on and you continue scrolling, all of a sudden you see some JavaScript. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That JavaScript and the HTML that follows, and it's all obfuscated, it's all encrypted and encoded so you can't actually read it. It generates the HTML output of the Gmail login or the wow. Bell, MyBell login or any of these other services. It's not specifically a Gmail thing, even though this particular blog item focuses on uh, the Gmail exploit. The mm-hmm. fact is, is it could be any, any company. Oh, yeah. Any company. Twitter's going to be next. Anyone else that gets a lot of logins is mm-hmm. going to be next. Now, of course, they're going to target things like your email service because what happens if they can get access to my
3: Gmail? Oh, yeah. Well, at the same time, though, Gmail is Google. Gmail who has is Google. Who has a YouTube channel? Who has AdSense? Sure. So, for example, if you're a blogger, mm-hmm. even if you don't have a blog, like with Google or anything else, mm-hmm. um, if you still use AdSense somewhere, they can get your credit card information, your bank information, um, not just your YouTube channel, everything else, mm-hmm. right? So, it's everything beyond that. So, and of course, like if they do a scam with, for example. Outlook, So, like, maybe they somehow get with uh, Microsoft there. Mm-hmm. What services do you have connected to your Outlook account, right? Sure. Your Microsoft account. Mm-hmm. So, like, your Xbox, and anything else.
0: And think about things. If they were to exploit our Gmail account, mm-hmm. I might have online banking associated with that. I go. may have various different accounts. I may have a PayPal account that I can right. log into by using the credentials that are found in my email. Or I can reset my password. Right. using my email. So one of the first things that's going to happen now if I log into this particular mm-hmm. fake form is that it's going to save the information to the malicious user's database. The fisher ph- the or the hacker, <laughs> if you will. I wouldn't call them hackers per se. They're people generating revenue by tricking people into giving them their information. Mm-hmm. So now if I log in, they immediately have my username and password for Mm -hmm. Gmail or Mm -hmm. whatever other service. So what happens is we don't know if it's uh, an automated system possibly or if it's Mm -hmm. an actual, it could be a data center with a bunch of employees getting in there. Mm -hmm. And almost immediately they're logging into your account and they're generating new emails from your email address to your contacts in order to continue to spread this malware. And and then it
1: looks really legit. It looks
0: very legitimate.
3: If I get an email from Sasha...
1: It, you're going to open it.
3: I probably will. Well, that's yeah. the thing. They have access to all your past emails too. Mm-hmm. So they could always go and get an attachment or something sure. from beforehand. And just say, hey, double check this show document for tonight. Yeah, right. um, Bro- Henry- Robbie
1: actually wouldn't actually open any of mine. That,
2: that <laughs> oh, looked, no, I, just looked, I just No, that trash. looked like
1: grammatically correct or done well. Because most of <laughs> nice. my emails are written on the fly. And it's just one big, long on sentence. <laughs> It'll look like it's from Nigeria.
0: Think about this. <laughs> Think about this. Henry, uh, you did some drone shoots for us. You did mm-hmm. some video and you sent it to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Too big for email. You're oh, going yeah. to upload it to Google Drive. And then you're going to send me the link. When mm-hmm. I click on that link, I have to log into my Google account. Mm-hmm. So if you were to apparently mm-hmm. send me an email that looks like it's from you now, so it doesn't look like it's from Google, it looks like it's from Henry, mm-hmm. and it says, click here for the video that I got for you, mm-hmm. and I click it, and it gives me that log to Gmail, you're I might fall for it. Yeah. So now it's getting way too sophisticated. The URL in my address bar looks like Gmail. The login form looks like Gmail. The
3: email came from Henry, Mm -hmm. and it all completely looks legitimate. Well, there's Mm -hmm. another question I have to ask, though, at this stage. Because I know on certain services like Dropbox, for example, I have... Dual authentication setup, mm. right? Yeah. So I'm not sure if we're saving this for later in the show or not, but whenever I log into a new computer on Dropbox or whatever, I have to put in my full password. La 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 la. Yeah. And then I have to put in a number that I get from Dropbox. Like they text me a number. Sure. Right.
0: Two-factor so- authentication. Yeah. Boom. And that brings us to the segment of the show where we talk about how can you protect yourself. Right, And that's exactly one of the ways, Henry, that you can protect yourself. Because as you try to authenticate to your account, mm-hmm. it requires that you now um, provide the code from your phone or whatever it is. Yeah, okay, so. so if I accidentally fell for this scam mm-hmm. and gave these people my username and password, now they do have it. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they try to log in, it pings me on my phone and says, you're trying to log into Gmail. Right. Here's the code. Hey mm. now. Mm-hmm. Hello. And I can say, wait a minute, <laughs> something's going on. I can go in and change my password. Um, so backing up a little bit, keep in mind, if you do fall for this, one of the first things that they're going to do is change your password to lock you out of your account. Mm-hmm. So protect yourself by, one, knowing the things that we've shown you here tonight about how the address bar tricks you into thinking that you're on the legitimate website. Um, but also, two-factor authentication where available is going to save you so much grief in event that you do accidentally fall for right. single-factor authentication phishing scams.
1: And you do not want to fall for something that gives access to your information. Because I can talk about like a mm-hmm. recent situation that yeah. I had today where oh, I went that in. That
0: is very recent. Very recent oh. happened
1: in this day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I went in and I bought Dave's wedding band for our wedding. Yes! Hey, Yay! Congrats! So at the store I was at, they, they said, hey, if you sign up for our credit card, then then you don't have to pay for a couple of months.
0: Nice. <laughs>
1: thought, okay. Good deal. <laughs> and you, and you can also
0: to, buy a boat, and yeah. you don't ever have, have to pay for it.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. Nice. That's how credit cards work. So they're work. like, well, <laughs> I asked for a limit of exactly the amount that the ring costs. Okay. Exactly. That's smart. Yeah. Like I, but because I had asked for a, something different than what they were automatically going to give me, mm-hmm. I had to speak to their security. Well, the security was trying to ask me questions to verify my there was identity. They probably something up
0: here. Yeah. Yes. What's this girl trying to pull?
1: Exactly. This odd number of... So, hmm. they asked me questions for me to identify myself or to ath- yeah. authenticate who I was as a person. So, they had information about me and I had to prove to them that I was, in fact, me. The things they were asking me were insane. I didn't know that much about myself. They were so they
0: were not asking yes or no questions, they were asking things based on...
1: specific things, like you've had more than one phone number in your past, can you please name the uh, two of the other phone numbers that you've had? No way. Um, that's yeah. Stuff that's long <laughs> gone in Stuff your past? Stuff that's long gone. They asked me which credit cards I've canceled in the past five years they've they asked me
0: and they're not fishing for this information they know the answer they
1: know the answer this is how they
0: gauge whether you're really who you say they asked me
1: how much i pay telus every month well i don't pay telus i pay rogers right Mm. so they're trying to like get me they it was like you passed the test they said well you moved you moved your address but you didn't change your address on everything immediately well what is the thing that you didn't change your address on (sighs) it was my visa Wow. Right? But they knew everything oh about me. So if they were malicious, if they were not great people instead of the super awesome people that sold me a, a wedding band, <laughs> um, they have my entire history and could prove to anybody wow. else who was unsuspecting that they are me. Because I didn't even have that information about me.
0: Can I ask, mm-hmm. l- leading up to that point, because that's a, an astronomical amount of private that's data. insane. And they could just pull it up on their computer. They didn't,
1: so, a- like, they, I don't know what they accessed for it. They yeah. asked for my driver's license.
0: That's what I wanted to know. What did they need in order to get all that's that backstory? Wow. All they
1: had was my driver's license. So they plugged my driver's license number into their computer. Wow. They pulled up that. It was.
0: I wonder how many other I, types of cards would give that data. Right. Yeah. I wish I videotaped mm-hmm.
1: it because the things that they were asking me, literally, like I never would have imagined that Unreal. that is in one set spot of yeah, information. Well,
0: and we don't ever think me. we're going to be the victim of identity theft, but mm-hmm. if it's that easy to get the data on Sasha Dermatis, <sighs> yeah. right? then that's that's pretty scary. And so here we're looking at phishing scams, and this is one of the ways that these users try to trick you into giving information. And Maybe they can get enough information to then get all that backstory
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: get all that inf- info that these guys were able to pull up. I would well. like to
1: say, for the record, this credit card thing, I am using it only... To get the money for the ring between now and the two months, and then I'm paying it all off. And <laughs> she's not
0: actually the card. going into debt. No. Like I'm
1: canceling <laughs> yeah. the card. It was just like, oh, 60 extra days of not paying this. That's perfect. Let's do perfect. that. Perfect.
0: Why not? Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So going back to protecting yourself, um, one final thought. We talked about the protocol. Mm-hmm. When you go to a website, you've got HTTP colon slash slash or HTTPS colon slash slash whatever com. The mm-hmm. S stands for secure, and that means that it is encrypting the information. But the way that you um, need to confirm that is by actually looking that there's a lock mm-hmm. that is not broken, that it is secure, it's not red, it's not giving you any kind of warnings or anything like that, but the protocol has to be the very first thing on the address bar. Mm-hmm. So in this particular case, because... With this one, you notice that the HTTPS, which is what we would expect to be the protocol, because the HTTPS colon slash slash happens after data colon text slash HTML comma, we know that the protocol is not actually HTTPS.
3: Mm-hmm. And exactly. And like you said earlier, is that you don't see a green check mark or mm-hmm. just confirmation of that. And it's not just Chrome too, like it's in Firefox as well. Absolutely, and, yeah.
0: Um, and we're going to start to, you know, it's going to start to get a little more confusing as Chrome evolves their oh, notification yeah. system so that it colorizes um, <laughs> things. Because if, with this particular one, it's it's not sending you to a website. It's using data in the address bar. Mm-hmm. And if I can just really stressed, what that means is they've, it's like opening a local file. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm basically injecting this into your browser, so unless they make some changes to Google Chrome or Firefox or Opera or whatever you're using, mm-hmm. it's still going to show without a red X through it. Mm-hmm. Because it's right. not malicious as far as the browser is concerned, it's local data. Yeah,
3: and I'll, I'll just add a little bit of a timbit as well. Um, a timbit. <laughs> I like timbit. You know, I'm our Canadianisms. <laughs> no, um, is that we're, we're using the entirety of check marks and X's, and I actually prefer that because um, on multiple online forums and everything else, um, there's a large percentage of population that is colorblind, so mm-hmm. it's nice to have the actual symbol. Yeah than the actual just color. Because I I do know that there's a large percentage of people, especially online, that are colorblind. That's a good point. So this is random, but I like how companies use an actual symbol instead of just a color, right? Mm. So if you see that checkmark instead of just an X or...
0: My concern with this particular one is, yes, we'll become accustomed to, if it's a red X, Mm -hmm. we'll know there's something wrong. If it's a green checkmark, we'll know it's good to go.
3: But, can they but if there's nothing,
0: yeah. if it's just a white address bar, right. it's not going to stick in our mind subconsciously that there's something wrong here. Right,
1: mm-hmm. it won't trigger so, anything. Yeah,
0: so that's where you've got to be. You've got to do your due di- diligence. Be very, very careful. Um, Google themselves, uh, as a final thought, um, sent an email to Mark M- Monder from uh, from Wordfence yesterday, and they. I'm not sure if they're going to really make any changes. Here's what they said. We're aware of this issue and continue to strengthen our defenses against it. We help protect users from phishing attacks in a variety of ways, including machine learning-based detection of phishing messages, safe browsing warnings that notify users of dangerous links in emails and browsers. That's kind of what we're talking about. Yep. Um, prevented, uh, preventing suspicious account sign-ins and more. So that means, you know, if suddenly I've got... Uh, somebody logging into my account from halfway across the world, and I was just on it from Barry. Then that's suspicious. They're actually
1: really good at that because they they yeah. really wonder about me sometimes. Quite
0: often, though, yeah. they just notify you. They don't. <laughs> yes. They don't necessarily stop the login. Right. So if they're quick and they change their password, then that could be a problem as well. Yeah. Uh, they go on to say users can also activate two-step authentication for additional account protection. Um, So our resources tonight of recommendation, go to wordfence.com. And again, this particular article is found at cat5.tv slash wf- phish uh, another great resource for you is the eset blog at we and as i mentioned at the top of the segment we've done a lot of shows on phishing scams so that you can become familiar with them they're not just for novice users this is not a concern just for novice users us tech savvy folk can fall for it as well and our website is category5.tv use the uh, search up at the top and do a search for phishing and you're going to find some stuff Okay, we're gonna jump over to the newsroom. Sasha's oh, standing by and right. got some great stories for us.
1: <laughs> I sure Sasha do. Sasha, donate Here's Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.TV newsroom. BT is adding anti-junk call filters to their phone service. An autonomous transit bus is being tested in Las Vegas. Dell's latest laptop is $100 cheaper if you buy it with Ubuntu, Yahoo wants to change its name, and Google has revealed how they secure their cloud infrastructure, and it includes some clever custom-built silicon. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere.
0: Jeff Weston. Yaman, You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play.
3: Oh, I didn't know we
2: were acting.
0: You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. yeah, I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? You need hosting. One of the things about a hosting account is you don't want to have limitations put on your website. It's true. How much hard drive space do you have? How many email accounts? How many domains can point to it? Well, we've got an amazing deal for you. For a very limited time, cat5.tv slash dreamhost for just $5 and a bit of change per month. You are going to get unlimited website hosting, unlimited email accounts on that hosting uh, service. You are also going to receive a free domain name. Ooh. So your own .com. Nice. To put that amazing website that you've been working on it's on true. there. If you run, if you want to build a WordPress site, fine. Sign up. Cat5.tv slash DreamHost. Just don't put Panama Papers on it. Just don't do it. But hey, uh, it's a great deal, folks. Best deal you're going to find, $5 and change per month, go to cat5.tv slash dreamhost.
1: Here we go. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories for the week of January 18th, 2017. BT recorded more than 31 million nuisance calls in a single week before Christmas and is doing something about it. The company supplies 40% of the landlines in the U.K., BT is now launching a new service for its customers which it says could block up to 30 million such nuisance calls per week. Called BT Call Protect, the system monitors call data to identify rogue numbers. It will, for example, highlight phone numbers that make an unusually large number of calls. Those calls will then be automatically diverted into a junk voicemail box. The system will continue to block such callers even if they change their number, a common tactic used by solicitors customers will also be able to identify nuisance callers thro- that get through by dialing a code after receiving such a call TalkTalk talk introduced a, si- a similar central call blocking system for landlines three years ago while vodafone operates a system for mobiles super cool idea um i wonder if you can just dial a code after somebody calls you and you don't want to talk wouldn't to that them be
2: anymore? cool yeah um <laughs>
1: Except as, as long as it just keeps them from calling you again.
0: Yeah. We have this problem on our magic jack where we get constant solicitors calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a big problem. And I- we've got a particular solicitor that calls every single day. Drives my wife nuts.
3: Uh, you know him by name now. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's FDR. Oh, yeah. Um, and so... Um, We called Magic Jack and said, you used to have this service to block a particular number. Do you still have that? And they said, no, they don't have it anymore. So we're Hmm. looking at, you know, can I build a device with Raspberry Pi, right, that intercepts the calls, filters them, and then rings the in-house lines. There might be
3: something on GitHub or just the code. There might already be out there. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: It has actually really hurt my work day before because yeah, if if they get our number and they start calling, sometimes they'll call at forty five second intervals. <sighs> like they're calling oh. and then calling. Oh, and I work hurts. reception at a very busy chiropractic clinic. Yeah. I need the phone. And you've got to take it's the call tied up, yeah.
0: I, I'm a programmer full time. I sit at a desk and I code. And there's nothing like answering the call and it's some solicitor or yeah. robot and now I've lost 15 minutes of my day in the two seconds that it took to hang up on them mm-hmm. because I've got to, okay, where the heck was I in my code here? I've got to go back over the stuff I was doing and figure out where I was.
2: Right. So, Drives me yeah. nuts.
0: So we've got to build a system. This is going to be an upcoming feature. I promise you that. Raspberry Pi or some other device <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> where we can filter phone calls by phone number. How's yeah. that sound? So BT's
1: there got go. it going on. Mm. All right. A small autonomous bus called an ARMA is running a short route along Las Vegas' Fremont Street, marking, according to transit operator Keolis, the first time a self-driving bus has moved passengers on an American public road. The route is short, just three blocks, and this is only a pilot test, which started a week ago and will end on Friday. While the test lasts, the fully electric bus can carry around a dozen passengers moving at a top speed of limited to 16 miles per hour, though the bus is capable of hitting 30 miles per hour. The bus has sensors that detect obstacles and an emergency button that any passenger can use to stop the vehicle. During the test, there's also a staffer on board to monitor passenger safety. That's a really great idea. Navia, the French company that makes the Arma, has already deployed vehicles in Singapore, France, and Australia. Nevada has a strategic interest in developing transportation technology. The state could benefit from easier long-distance transportation to gambling centers from California. Well, autonomous vehicles like the Navia bus could provide flexible transportation for visitors once they make it to Vegas. I like this idea. I like that it's regulated, but it does remind me of like just a street elevator. And I think to myself, if anybody could in any way stop the the bus at any time by pressing a button, you don't want like six-year-olds on this bus. No. Because they would just like continuously. Look at what happens
3: when I start pushing buttons. Well, screen goes black, lights turn off. You're you're like Will Ferrell and Elf. You just make it a Christmas tree with the elevator, right? You go in and push every single button. <laughs> yes, right. Exactly. I'm, yeah. de- I'm dealing with this. You're dealing yeah. with that. Yeah. But we got this.
1: Yeah, really cool. It's it's exactly like an elevator on the streets, an autonomous bus that
2: goes.
0: Could be smart. Yeah. Could be good. Um, mm-hmm. I do like that it keeps um, people who have been drinking at the uh, at the casinos off the streets. Right. That'd Gives be pretty them a pretty good safe job transportation.
3: to be the actual guy who sits there, just Security all day, just sit there sure. on yeah. the bus. <laughs> ride the bus all day no it's um, like uh, yeah like
0: the like the guard on a on a steam train like
3: yeah no well it may, it makes sense for now especially with the technology still being new but like we see all these other companies like you said Armas on like France and all these other com- uh, countries but we also see other companies like Uber who tried their um self-driving it was shut down, as far as I know. We're probably <laughs> still doing it in, uh, in the back <laughs> in some roads. parking lot, yeah. yeah. But
1: that's even like a sweet-looking bus. Like, that's a cool That's pretty look cool. Yeah.
3: yeah, you gotta, no you gotta say that. that's pretty nice. Yeah,
1: I like it. And you know what? It's kind of secure in its own, in the fact that it's so visible. It's not like people could just be on that bus, like... Yeah. Just doing things they shouldn't be doing. It's you can see in
2: it.
0: (laughs) Hands to yourselves, people. there's security on board. It's like a a grade school dance, right? right.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) When in Vegas, Um, (laughs) Dell has announced the immediate availability of the Dell Precision. 3520 laptop and buyers can save over $100 by choosing Ubuntu 16.4 LTS preloaded instead of Windows 10. Yay! Dell's Barton George says more Ubuntu-powered Precision workstations will go on sale in the coming months worldwide, including an Ubuntu version of the company's stylish new Precision 5720 all-in-one desktop PC. Unlike other vendors, Dell doesn't ship their Linux option on no-frills, reduced-power hardware. All models in the Dell Precision lineup pack powerful 7th-generation Intel Core and Intel Xeon processors, support USB-C Thunderbolt 3, and can have up to 32 gigabytes of RAM. Wow. The Dell Precision 3520 is available now.
0: Nice. That sounds like a sweet... Mobile workstation, which is basically a laptop mm-hmm. that is built for business. Right. For the business.
1: For the business. You save money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: you, save you can money save and money. get a
1: better system.
0: Get a really sweet system. Oh, but yeah. here's the thing you could save your hundred bucks because you probably already have a computer that came with a Windows license, even if you wanted to put Windows on it, maybe dual boot or something. Oh, yeah. My laptop, my desktop, they all came with a Windows license. Mm-hmm. So what's to stop me? I'm going to upgrade my, my laptop. Let's buy this brilliant new Dell. And take the license off of this one, put it on there, install, and kablam, right? Mm-hmm. I, now I've still got Windows and Linux dual booting, but saved 100 bucks.
3: Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, it's really exciting because it's... Do you think... I'm not saying that mainstream is a good thing or whatever, um, but do you think it's also gonna make more users of Linux because it's coming pre installed.
1: Right. Right?
3: It certainly could.
1: People may maybe because it's going to normalize it, people won't be so scared of Linux. I, I work mm-hmm. in a place where some of the people I work with are afraid of Linux. Hmm. Like it's
0: only by name. Yeah. Not they don't, by actually they using it. They don't
1: actually use it. They're just yeah. scared
2: to make the switch. They do they don't use understand. it but they don't
0: know that they use it. And no. that's the thing a lot of your devices already have Linux on it mm-hmm. and you don't realize it, so then when someone says, hey, we'll sell you a computer with Linux on it, you're like, oh. <laughs> I don't know
2: that.
0: I don't know. I don't know how to use that.
1: Right. But well, technically... And then I say, hey, watch
3: my show. Cool. Yes. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> Sasha, <laughs> technically, you could be considered an astronaut then because NASA uses Linux now on the space station, right? Because they scrapped the Windows computers yeah, up there. Yeah, sure they did, yeah. So, technically, Sasha, you could Apply to be an astronaut because you know how to work a Linux computer. There you go. Oh, well, that's see, all there it you takes to go to be so, an astronaut, real I guess. space. <laughs> little I
0: feel fun like fact. I, I might not be
1: a bad astronaut. We just
0: offended a lot of astronauts. <laughs> I
2: could
1: not. Well, yeah, I actually could not do it. I'm a people person. There's not very many people out in space. Okay.
0: So that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's just now, Sasha. That's about yeah. to change.
3: Space tourism. <laughs> all
1: right. Yahoo revealed in a filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission that the company would change its name to Altaba after it completes its transformation from an actual business to a corporate wrapper around Alibaba stock. If all goes as planned, CEO Marissa Mayer would step down, the board would be trimmed, and Altaba would simply continue to exist as a way for investors to own a chunk of a non-controlling interest in a Chinese e-commerce company. Whether that transformation happens as the result of a successful sale of the Yahoo Internet portal to Verizon or some other less desirable outcome has yet to be determined. It's still far from a sure bet that the Verizon acquisition will go as planned. The change to Altaba, apparently some non-trademark infringing sort of reference to to Alibaba, in which Yahoo holds a 15% stake, depends on the completion of the sale to Verizon of Yahoo Holdings, the new corporate wrapper for its internet business. Verizon initially offered $4.8 billion to Yahoo Yahoo last July, but the deal was in doubt after it was revealed that Yahoo had failed to disclose a huge security breach in 2014 to customers and Verizon. A second major breach dating to 2013 was discovered later. We reported on both.
0: You sure did? <laughs> we sure did. You Verizon- did. Yes. You go. Good job.
1: <laughs> Verizon's plan for the Yahoo brand isn't completely clear, other than it would be somehow aligned or merged with AOL, which Verizon a- acquired for $4.4 billion in 2015 and is still in the process of assimilating. Given that Yahoo's management is not in a position to, to go look for a better offer, Yahoo would have to pay Verizon a $145 million termination fee to walk away from the table and find another buyer, and there isn't exactly a long line of people looking to make a better offer, it may end up having to settle for whatever Verizon decides is a purchase price at this point, or wait for Verizon to walk away from the deal. Verizon has already reportedly knocked $1 billion off of its offer. Oh. $1 billion. Sasha,
0: we've talked about this before. It's $1 billion. Oh, yes. The correct correct pronunciation is $1 billion. Okay, Dr. Evil. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: I mean, that's just... It is what it is when you lie about your... Off. You get one million dollars. <laughs> well,
3: does does, does anyone still hacked. have a Yahoo account after like all those hacks? I was like, surprised to find that yeah, I did because I used Flickr. I well here that I was about to mention that too, is that mm. I'm gonna have a uh, user of Flickr as well. So it's like what's gonna happen to us, right? So Dave, that's well, it. Dave
1: yeah. has one. That's his main email is Yahoo.
0: Time to move on, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> I
2: know. He really Gmail likes his outlook. email address. And it's this is the why
0: thing. the price is going down, is because Users are saying, "Okay, I don't, yeah. I don't trust this I anymore, know. anymore. He's like, "I oh, don't use my email for anything.
1: Them. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> like his email address, it's fine." There you go. <laughs> Google has published an infrastructure security design overview that explains how it secures the cloud it uses for its own operations and for public cloud services. Revealed last Friday, the document outlines six layers of security and reveals some interesting factoids about the Alphabet subsidiary's operations. None more so than the revelation that we also design custom chips, including a hardware security chip that is currently being deployed on both servers and peripherals. These chips, allow us to securely identify and authenticate legitimate Google devices at the hardware level. Neat. Yeah. The silicon works alongside cryptographic signatures employed over low-level components like the BIOS, bootloader, kernel, and base operating system image. These signatures can be validated during each boot or update. The document says, adding that the components are all Google-controlled, built, and hardened. With each new generation of hardware, we strive to continually improve security. For example, depending on the generation of server design, we root the trust of the boot chain in either a lockable firmware chip, a microcontroller running Google-written security code, or the above-mentioned Google-designed security chip. The document goes on to explain that Google's fleet of applications and services encrypts data before it is written to disk to make it harder for malicious disk firmware to access data. There's plenty more in the document, like news that Google's public cloud runs virtual machines in a custom version of the KVM hypervisor. If you're interested in seeing the document for yourself, you can access the master at cat5.tv google security. I love information like this. It just makes me feel far more secure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for watching the Category5.tv newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis.
0: Thanks, Ashley. You're watching Category 5 Technology TV. You'll find our website at www.category5.tv. Folks, it has been so nice having you here. Before we wrap up for the night, because I know we're at the end of the show, as far as our timing goes, uh, we did receive a couple of comments and messages. Uh, Let's tackle some viewer comments uh, before we wrap up the show. But, hey, do check out our website. Find out more about us at category5.tv. Henry Berger, or is it Henry Berger? The Henry like, do burgers. You go into. I, I one would now, go to Henry Burger. Buy one Henry I would Burger, go to again, Henry
2: Burger.
0: <laughs> I would love. Oh, he's never heard that one before. I'm sorry. <laughs> Usually, it's <a>
3: Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Can I give this one to Henry? Ooh, Henry. Henry? <laughs> what does oh, Henry say? Okay, from from my uh, twin, uh, Henry Burger. I'm a long time IT person, and your show helps me to keep current. It's fun, entertaining, and also I get that you love what you do. Kudos for that. Hey, kudos to you too. I like the parts where you have to improvise on the fly, as that's what happens to all of us who enjoys. Yeah, you, you know what? People who enjoy tech like us, we do have to think on the fly. Sure. So especially when. And you're... when I mess something yeah. <laughs> up on a live broadcast. Oh, uh, that makes it and fun you get to see. Oh yes. Ah, uh, come fun. on. Okay, projects <laughs> around the Raspberry Pi are much appreciated. Yes, <laughs> Close to his um, heart. as we learn by doing. Thanks again.
2: You know Cheers, what, Henry?
3: Henry? Thank you. That's <laughs> I'm I was speaking of no, that, that <laughs> Henry, I'm I'm, I know. No, I'm Hen- Henry. Thanks. Thanks for the awesome comment. And uh, from one Henry to the other Henry, uh, thank you very much. I think that was a really nice uh, comment. For very very yes. kind. And you know what? Speaking of, we kind of joke about. Yeah, I sometimes mess something up on the air
0: and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I've said it. You've heard me say it before. One of the reasons that we quite often go into a segment without having tested or previously used the device or things like that is because we want to take the approach of this is what the end user is going to experience. If I Mm -hmm. open up a new product and go to use it and I fumble through and have trouble, I want you to learn the process of me figuring it out so that you can not only use the product, but also um, see how how we were able to troubleshoot and, and problem solve. Because yeah. those are good mm-hmm. skills to have in tech, for sure. So I appreciate that. Uh, you want to take Dooley? Dooley, Dooley. Uh, commented on episode eight four, uh, 485 regarding the, uh, the Nest, Nest thermostat. Yes. With, yeah.
1: with the smart thermostat, are there extra motion detectors that go inside other parts of the house? It's conceivable that people be in the house with no smart device. What if you mm-hmm. went out to garden for a couple hours and someone fell asleep during the d- daytime hours? You're no motion, your app left, just thoughts. Right,
0: yeah, okay, yeah. first of all, so. yes, you can get other devices. Mm-hmm. You can get all kinds of neat things from Nest. They have even security cameras that uh, can be used not only for surveillance, but also to communicate with your Nest thermostat. Hmm. Um, and you can have other Nest thermostats within the house. Go back to my review of the Nest thermostat from episode 485. You'll find it on our website, category5.tv if you're interested in it. We talk about how you can save money with Nest, and we prove that that's actually possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Dually, you can actually place uh, various thermostats throughout your house. And you remember, on my feature, um, I showed the one in my dining room, and it said location, dining room.
2: Mm. On
0: the screen or in the app so I could have one in the living room in the basement in the bedroom and then it will learn all those zones and figure out what's going to work really well for you that's cool Um, so that has to do with you know so that obviously has motion sensing and all that kind of stuff um, and it's much more sophisticated than just a simple motion sensor like I have for the security system here Um, it's pretty cool as far as your app goes, you can set, if I'm going to go out gardening and, and I think that my nest is going to think that I've gone for the day, mm-hmm. two things to consider. First thing is that it works by learning your, what, what I do throughout the day. So if I always go out gardening.